you're never going to arrive at, well, I've got every piece dialed in and I, you know, this one is here and this one's here and this is what I need to do for this. And then it's going to stay that way for the rest of my life. This one's radio episode 1124 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey, y'all, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, if you're struggling with something running related and you'd like a little little outside perspective, maybe a little bit of advice, something to, to kind of help you get back on track and move forward, we've got the old consult call available. Feel free to, uh, you know, make one of those happen. Dizruns.com slash consultation is the link. Of course, if you participated in uh, the uh, DRNYFA you know, you might still have that free call uh, in your back pocket. So if you, if and when you're ready to cash that in or if and when you're ready to uh, to grab one, if you don't have one in your pocket right now as it is, uh, we can we can make something happen. Like I said, disruns.com slash consultation is the link. If you've got the DRNY one, uh, you know, just let me know. Shoot me a, shoot me a message and we'll get you, we'll get you sorted there. Uh, but uh, the calls are, are 20, 30 minutes, something like that. We'll jump on, chat through, whether it's Zoom, whether it's a, a phone call itself proper, whatever it might be. Uh, and try to get you some clarity, get you some uh, some thoughts to help you move forward, get you on the right track so you can keep on keeping on. Uh, but I know some folks are, are, are fans of the consult calls. If you haven't tried one, they are available. Dizones.com slash consultation is the link. And now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, y'all. Uh, today's guest is a lady that I'm, I'm really interested in, in getting to know more and, and dive into uh, some certain, certain topics, certain angles of conversation with today. Uh, she's an integrative health coach that has both a clinical doctorate in nursing practice and a PhD in nursing science. And I hope I got, I hope I got that, part, that part of it right um, because, I mean, that's, th- those are some heavy hitter degrees right there. So she's got the science piece very well nailed down. Uh, she's also a running coach, and I'm I'm definitely interested in kind of learning more about how she she blends her science background, her nursing background, her integrative health background into working with runners and and kind of that piece of the puzzle as well. So no shortage of things to talk about today, lots of ground to cover. So let's get this party started and officially welcome Ms. Elizabeth Knight to the show. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Zab. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Denny. Yeah, you got it exactly right, and I love that you called me a lady. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> Um, we'll, we'll, we'll reserve judgment on whether that, that title still stands when it's all said and done. Uh, but y'all, if you enjoyed today's conversation and want to kind of find out more about Elizabeth, what she's got going on, maybe, maybe working with her or, or maybe, uh, whatever following along on social media, all those types of things, uh, flowerpower.health is the website, kind of the main home base. And, uh, if you just kind of, she makes it easy at flower power health on, on Instagram and Facebook as well. I think that, I think the dot is still there on Instagram. I think it's not on Facebook, but if you search flower power health on either of those places, you will absolutely find her. Uh, and of course we'll have it linked up in the show notes today as well. Dizruns.com slash 1124 Dizruns.com slash one, one, two, four, get you back to the show notes where the photos, the links, the whole nine as per usual. So Zab, the way we always uh, get things started around here 
is uh, with a pretty simple question. Sometimes it's an easy answer. Sometimes it's a little bit difficult, but one way or the other, it's a good way to, to kind of kick off the conversation and usually provides three or four, five, eight, ten other follow-up questions for me to uh, think about asking. Uh, but it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Yeah, so this is an easy one for me. So last October, I ran my first 50K, and I am in love. And let me tell you, the first reason is is goofy. But if you tell somebody who's not a runner that you ran a 50K, first they say, what the heck is that? And then you tell them it's 31 miles, which when I first got into it, I was like, oh, wait, that's just a 5K times 10. It took me a minute. I was like doing the math in my head. And then I was like, oh, right. Okay, smart. Um, So you tell them that you ran a 50K and they think you're a superhero, right? Because we forget, I think, when we're in like so steeped in the running sort of world that like for normal people, that's a ton. It's insane. It's crazy. Like even, you know, they can't wrap their head around a marathon and then you tell them you ran more than a marathon and they go, holy cow. Right. But we can get used to the fact that people run 100 miles. And so we sort of short ourselves on the fact that like running 31 miles is a huge accomplishment. So that, so that's the first reason is that it impresses people, right? <laughs> but then for the race itself, um, you know, it, it's a, usually a trail race, right? When we get into those ultras, it's more commonly on trails. And so you kind of lose the piece of what's your time, you know, like what's your marathon time? Everybody cares about that. Oh, you're a sub four hour marathon or you did a 330 marathon. And we get kind of obsessed with that in in the running world. And if you tell people a 50K, your time is kind of irrelevant, right? Because every race is so different and the terrain is different and the elevation is different. And so, you know, here I I ran this 50K and it was on the Oregon coast and it was, you know, 6,000 feet of climbing. And so to try to compare that to like a road marathon time, it's like you can't even do it. It's meaningless. And so it takes some uh, pressure off, I think, those time goals that we get really obsessive about and lets us just like revel in the fact that we did something cool. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And, and I'm curious, I guess, you know, as, as I've Usually, as is almost always the case, you know, you, you, somewhere in the answer, there's a handful of questions and, and right there at the end, you know, kind of taking the, the pressure off because it is, it, I mean, let's not kid ourselves. It is very difficult to try to compare. Shoot, it's, it, you could only make an argument. You can't necessarily compare one road marathon to another because of terrain, because of elevation, because of weather, the whole host of reasons sometimes make that a, a difficult apples to apples comparison. Yet we still do it. But as soon as you start to, to get off road, you start to get on trails, it's, it's, it's. I mean, it's, it's apples and, you know, car models or something like it's, it's not even the same, the same genre necessarily, even though it is still running. But all that to say, um, before that first 50 K had you been the type of runner that was a bit more, maybe not like super focused on time, but was, were time goals important Were paces and finishing times? Was that like uh, something of a driver for you? And this was totally different or were you kind of that that runner that's like, eh, you know, the, the party in the party in the back of the pack type of runner where the time even on the road isn't that big of a, of a factor? Yeah, I think that just by constitution, I'm more like that party in the back of the pack type of person. But doing road races was 
pushing me in that more competitive, like time focused direction, which is like maybe a little bit misaligned with why I got into running in the first place and what I loved about running and what was cool about it. And then here I am finding myself saying like, well, I, I took, you know, 30 seconds off my half marathon time. And it was like, wait, but that's actually got nothing to do with why I was running races in the first place. And so I think that happens to a lot of people, right, is that we get sort of pulled into that competitive time focused direction when it really doesn't serve us that well. And one of the things that I love about trail racing and especially those longer trail races, yeah, is that it, it kind of excuses us from that, right? It's like, we don't have to play that game if it's not really what we want. And not that it's not fun to sort of see if you can, you know, beat yourself and set a new PR and, you know, that stuff is fun until it isn't, right? Right. <laughs> well, and it's, and it's just such a different, like, like I said, I mean, it's, it, it's hard to compare for so many reasons, but Sometimes the the mindset of like, you know, on a road race, whatever the distance might be, you know, if if they've got a water stop, it's like like I, I'm the I'm the oddball that walks through the water stop on a on a road race because like I don't want to choke on the Gatorade or the water or the whatever it is. I don't want to spill it all over my like I'll take ten steps to drink my my cup of of water if I'm not carrying something with me. Um, but I'm certainly certainly not going to stop right. I'm not going to like stop and hang out at the water table on the side of the road and hang out for, for two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, eight minutes, whatever. But you get into a, an ultra and you get to the, the, the aid stations, the, you know, the, the buffets that they are in, in a, in a, an ultra marathon. Um, and it's, it's not, it's almost more unheard of to only spend two or three minutes at the aid station as it is, you know, five minutes, eight minutes, 10 minutes, you sit down, you take your shoes off, especially when you get into the later stages of the race. It's like, let's stop, let's eat, let's talk, let's, how's it going? Like, oh, I passed somebody a minute ago. Let's, let's let them catch up and we'll run off together. Like, like that dynamic is, is so foreign to roadrunners of like, what do you mean spend a couple minutes in the aid station? Like, like what? And, and it's, it's just one of the things that's beautiful about the, the trail and ultra racing scene is that, you know, yeah, you, you want to finish sometime. A lot of us, myself, at least still have time goals, but it's more of like, Eh, you know, I want I want to finish between nine and eleven hours. Not I want to finish at at a nine minute and, and forty seven second pace. Yeah, exactly. And it's like if you can high five people and eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in the middle of a race, then you're doing something right, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So you mentioned in there that uh, you know, kind of getting on the trail kind of feels more more to you in line with how you kind of wanted to get into running or how you know why you did get into running. Um, so so you know. Don't want to let that pass. How did you find your way into the sport, Zab? Yeah, that's a great question because, you know, I think like a lot of people now, I, I'm what you would call an adult onset runner. Um, I didn't do cross country. I didn't do track. I took up running when I was in nursing school. And I think people underestimate how hard nursing school is. <laughs> um, it's a ton of science, right? It's chemistry, it's microbiology, and then it's statistics. And then on top of that, you layer this, like learning the humanity of being with people who are suffering and trying to do those things at once is like a super, super intense place to be, especially when you're young. You know, I was in my early twenties in this part of my life and I definitely just needed something to do that was outside of my brain and outside of being around other people in that super connected way. So like, I'm an introvert for sure. And I love people, but I definitely need my 
quiet time. And running became that for me, I think, just sort of out of necessity. It was like something that I could do that was free <laughs> and it was outside. And it was, um, a, you know, a time to sort of work on my mental health as much as anything. Um, and then I just took it with me. Um, it was really useful for me. I was an ICU nurse. I worked night shift for many years and it was something that I could do, you know, in the half hour I was awake before work or after work. And it was, you know, again, that time that I could decompress. And, um, you know, I, I took it with me then through graduate school. And, and as I moved through different parts of my career and, you know, working in primary care as a nurse practitioner and all of that, you know, just something that I could do no matter what my external circumstances were, that was that grounding force. And, you know, I've heard a lot of runners say that, but I think it was super um, important for me, um, especially because my day job, right, is health focused. And it's so easy to just lose that because, you know, it's not easy to be um, uh, looking after your own health when, say, you're working 12-hour night shifts in a hospital where there's not great food and there's always donuts, (laughs) right? It's like nurses are not necessarily the healthiest group of people overall. Um, The behaviors that go along with that kind of lifestyle are not the healthiest overall, either physically or, or emotionally. And just having that touchstone for me that whole time, I think, was really useful. Um, and it continues to be, you know, with what I'm doing now. Yeah, and, and I, you you kind of touched on it before I could get this this question in, which is which is great. I love when that kind of happens because we're we're somewhat on the same same page, or at least having the same thought of. And and, and of course, this isn't d- meant to be disparaging to any individual, but so often one of my frustrations with one of my many frustrations with very various aspects of the medical industry here in in the U.S. at least is you know when you when you when you're driving past the hospital or you're walking into the parking lot to the doctor's office or whatever the case might be and whether it's a nurse whether it's a doctor whether it's it's lab techs like whatever anybody that that's associated with the hospital and you see them outside smoking or you see you know carrying the fast food bags and 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 and, and again like we all have our vices we all have our things that we do so I don't mean to to disparage any one folk um or any one individual but but I'm curious you know how you kind of felt or how it, how it kind of um you know, being around the healthcare industry and, and as a nurse, I mean, you know, with, with, with oversimplifying things a little bit, but like your job is to help sick people. Like that's, that's a, a major component of, of what you're doing as a nurse. Um, you know, seeing some of the unhealthy behaviors or unhealthy people that you may be working with, how much of that was also a motivation to, to, to do some running and, and, you know, kind of try to take care of your health on that side of the coin. Yeah. And, you know, as I've gone through my career in healthcare, you know, I mentioned I started out as an ICU nurse. So I was working in the cardiac ICU. I was taking care of people who had heart attacks, who had um, bypass surgery and, and like really the sickest of the sick people. And as I've gone through my, um, my time, you know, I, I, then I went back to school to become a nurse practitioner and I was working in primary care, which was, you know, a lot of people with type two diabetes and people with high cholesterol and, you know, that sort of bread and butter of stuff that you see in primary care. And it's just a little bit, you know, one step back on the, on the trajectory, but it's still there. And then I've been kind of moving that way and I'm sure we'll get to this later, but now that I'm working more in doing coaching as well, it's like even further back to say before we even get there. Um, and I think that, you know, for myself seeing those, um, sort of end points of what goes wrong with the body, right, that's related to how we live our lives has has been a motivator, not because I've ever sort of been 
that far down an unhealthy road myself in terms of my physical health, but just knowing that that's there and seeing it in myself and seeing it in family members and seeing like, you know, my, my husband, my partner, um, his family, he has heart disease in his family, you know, and, and his dad died when he was in high school of a heart attack and his uncle died in his 40s of a heart attack and you know, knowing that that's there and just seeing that and seeing people in the ICU and just like knowing, you know, and not just in that sort of more abstract way that we all know, like, yeah, yeah, you got to take care of yourself. It's good for you. But seeing those things sort of more in an up close and personal way, um, I think just changed how I felt about uh, health and fitness in general and making those things almost have an urgency to them that um, is harder to find when it's an abstract concept. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, you know, running is, is again, obviously for, for many reasons, for all of us, an important part of your life, mental health, physical health, all, all of the things help to, to work through some of the stress. Um, but getting a little bit closer back to, to the now times, uh, at least as far as the running is concerned, like you said, I mean, just, just recently ran your first 50K, um, what was what was the nudge to to venture into beyond marathon territory? Yeah, it, it's um it's interesting because I think for a lot of people they they start out and then they sort of want this to be the thing that they're evangelical about and they say like oh well this worked for me so this is the thing for everybody else and then they get into this whole sort of business or career thing about it where they say, you know, I need to spread the word. I need to teach other people to do this thing that I do. And in a way, I'm kind of like the opposite of that. Like I had this career in healthcare and I'm telling people this is going to transform your health. You need to be you know, more active, you need to do this exercise, you need something to give you focus, you need this routine, you need a goal, I mean, you know, you'll feel better, you'll sleep better, you're anchor, you know, anchor your healthy habits, and I, these words are coming out of my mouth every day, and it's not like I didn't think that was true, and it's not like I wasn't doing it, you know, I, I was running, you know, but I was running, you know, a 10k here and there, doing my three miles before work, and then something, I think, for me, just changed during the early pandemic and you know working in healthcare in that time was like it was a shit show it just was and I think there's really no way around that <laughs> you know but everybody who worked in that industry experienced it in that time and it was just like there's no words to explain how that changed everybody's lives and you know it did for everybody but in the healthcare industry in a really specific way and I, something just changed in me and I decided that I was like basically doing kind of a half-assed job of, of running in health for myself and I had every need around that running was sort of um, serving for me I think um expanded at that time like my needs were higher right I needed more mental help I needed more help with my sleep I needed more help with focus I needed to feel like I was doing something <laughs> and um I just went for it you know that was the year um 2020 that I hired a coach for the first time for myself and said like hey there's no reason that I can't like be a good runner, you know, it's like never something that I thought of myself as. And I was like, I, I need to think of myself in a new way. I think it's like being almost overwhelmed by the 
the changes that happened in my work life and in my sort of perception of what healthcare was and could do and just needing something else, right? Needing something else to focus myself on. And so I just kind of went all in, you know, and, um, it totally changed things for me. It really did. It changed the way that I relate to myself. It changed the way that I relate to my work. It changed the way that I relate to the sport of running. And, you know, I, um, I said at one point in that year, and I should stop telling this story because it, uh, but to my, um, to my husband, I said, you know what? I really want to run an ultra marathon. And he kind of laughed at me and, um, it, Rightly so, because I, I hadn't run a marathon, you know, I was not like running that much at that point. And he was like, what are you nuts? Like, that's ridiculous. Uh, I think that kind of lit a fire under me, too, to say, like, well, why should that be ridiculous? Um, and the reason I should stop telling that story is because he's redeemed himself and he has been so supportive. And he's the one who's handing me the peanut butter and jelly sandwich in the woods. And, you know, he's been like nothing but supportive um, at that time. So I should stop throwing him under the bus like that. But <laughs> sorry, babe. Um, uh, but it's true. I think that was really a part of it for me. Well, and, and maybe in his defense, like like kind of, and you kind of said this, like there was no reason to think that you would. The, the, like like it's it's quite a leap from running a handful of times per week maybe you know a couple miles here and there to like 31 miles through the woods like like what like like it, it, you know it, it, and and maybe it was something that was stewing in your brain for a while but if you don't verbalize that and and, and again like lord knows you know rebecca will tell you like I, like I am i am the champion of like stewing in my brain for months and not saying anything and then all of a sudden i i feel like it's all thought out and i bring it up and then she's like wait a minute what like where did this where did this idea come from where did, where did, where where is all this happening um so I guess I can see I can see <laughs> yeah. how, how he could you know sound unsupportive when that wasn't the case. It's just a matter. Yeah, of like, yeah, it's exactly like, right. What? And then all right, well if we're gonna do this, let's do it. Yeah, and I think he thought I was joking, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is reasonable. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So you know, have you been have you been uh, maybe not turned into an evangelist of ultra running, but have you been bit by, bit by the bug enough that that. Um, maybe going to spend some more time out in the woods doing some of these long, ridiculous races. Yeah, a hundred percent. I'm, you know, planning out my 2023 and, and, um, going to definitely do another one. And, you know, I, I live in Oregon and we have just a embarrassment of riches in terms of great trail races to do. And, um, yeah, looking forward to something like that. And, you know, in terms of being an evangelist, you know, I don't think that everybody has to be an ultra runner, right? But I think pretty much everybody can be a runner. And I don't know anybody who I don't think would benefit. Yeah, no, you're, you're preaching to the choir there. You know, it's, it's, it's uh, like the more I learn about, you know, running, but also the more I learn kind of about, you know, the human anatomy and, and kind of how we're, we're put together um, you know, and maybe I'm, I'm coming at it from a biased perspective, but it's like, yeah, like, like our bodies are, 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 you know, to borrow from, from Chris McDougal, you know, I mean, we're kind of born to run like, like, like the way our glutes work and the way our, our joints work and, and, and different parts of the body, different parts of the anatomy without going too deep down that wormhole. Like, like, yeah, like up this upright walking bipedal motion that we have, like it's, we're, you know, running is, is kind of innate to us, I think. Yeah. And, you know, you can get into the evolutionary biology and all of that stuff that, you know, you can get into from born to run and the other things. But there's also just a huge body of science that physical exercise and movement are required for humans to have good health. 
And if there were a drug that did what physical exercise does for the body, it would be, you know, a Nobel Prize winner and a blockbuster. And, you know, there's just no substitute for that. And, you know, if I were to tell people, okay, we have something that will lower your anxiety, improve your sleep, um, help your metabolism function optimally, um, improve your overall energy level, you know, lower your risk of diseases from heart disease to many different kinds of cancers to arthritis to, and if I were to, you know, list out every benefit for which there's robust scientific evidence for aerobic exercise and specifically running even, people wouldn't believe me. And, and if, and if, like you said, to your point, if there was a drug that would do that, like we would, we would bend over backwards to pay, you know, whatever the cost, like, like whatever, whatever it costs, like we can, we can, we can, you know, get it. Um, and, and maybe this is something of a philosophical question way too early for the standard philosophical question. Um, and maybe it's, and probably it's a question where, where, you know, there, there isn't really an answer for it, but, um, you know, I mean, you're speaking to runners. So like, you like, yeah, like we're, we're down. We, we, we get it. You know, we, we, we feel those benefits. We see those benefits. Like, like we know how important running can be, but for the non non runners and especially for those that are, that really aren't as active as, as the, the more sedentary parts of the population, like why, where's, where's the, the disconnect in, in your professional opinion, your personal opinion, of, of, you know, we, we know all these things that, that physical, physical activity and, and running specifically can, can, you know, the benefits that it, that it brings yet. Why do so many people struggle with being inactive as much as, as we do as a population? Yeah. You know, if I could answer that question, <laughs> yeah, you, you get the Nobel prize and all the, all yeah, the acclaim. Right. Um, but it, I think there's a couple of things that go on there. And one of them is just the way that we live our day-to-day lives and a lot of what we do, the systems that are set up around us, the structures and habits that are normal, involve being sedentary. And so we've gotten sort of unused to physical activity as a baseline, just like we don't walk to work and we don't walk down the hallway because we email each other, you know, even the somebody who's sitting 50 yards away. And, um, we get in this sort of hustle culture where we do more and more and more, but we don't do it with our bodies, right? We do it with our brains and it doesn't necessarily, we don't value the physical in the way that we may be used to. Um, and you know, you see this just in saying like, Oh, it's like a jock nerd dichotomy almost. (laughs) Right. And it's like, that I don't think that's serving us in a lot of ways. And so that's, I think part of it. And then, you know, it's hard, right? When you're running is hard. It's, I think the hardest that it ever is when you've never done it before too, or when you haven't done it in years. And I'm sure every runner, especially people who took it up later in life will remember the first month that you were running. Like it sucked, right? Like you might've had moments where you felt awesome, but like probably you thought you were going to die. You couldn't run for fun. Everything hurt. Like, and you have to do that for like, a decently long time before it starts feeling awesome. Yeah. And that's hard to do, right? It's hard to get yourself to that point. And you have to, I think, really believe that it's going to benefit you and that you can get to that point. And that's almost like a, 
a self-esteem issue, I think, for a lot of people is to like, where do you get to the point to say like, actually, I can do this and I can get through the hard part and I'm like worthy of trying that hard. Um, and I think we don't like to try things that we don't know we can succeed at. A lot of us. I mean, I know I, I'm, I'm that way, right? If, I, if I'm not sure I can do something, it's really hard to commit to doing it, especially if you're publicly committing to doing it or telling somebody or somebody else can see you, right? And if you're out there running on the street, like other people can see you. And if you think you might look ridiculous or you think you might fail, it's hard to convince yourself to do that. And so, you know, I have a lot of compassion for those people who aren't doing it. <laughs> well, and especially, and, 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 I mean, I guess maybe not even especially, like, like running is one of those things that, and like a lot of things, that progress is slow, especially at the beginning. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing to feel like you're, you're trying something new and it's difficult, but you know, in the, in the course of whether it's, you know, five or 10 minutes or, you know, for certain tasks or maybe a couple of days, but like you can look back and be like, wow, yesterday I could do X and today I can do X squared or, or two X or X and a half or whatever. Like I, I've, I've made progress. And I mean, sometimes a lot of times for running, um, and, and endurance activities in general, and, and sometimes even just physical health things in general, um, our bodies don't, they adapt, but it's, it takes time. It takes process. It takes continuing to show up and continuing to, to stress the system appropriately to not go too much that you break it, but not, you know, so little that there is no, no change. And then there's the other piece of the puzzle of the recovery and taking care of your body with nutrition and sleep and all those types of things, um, that, that it just, you know, I mean, I don't know how many times I've tried something for a week, maybe not running as much, although probably back in the day there was, there was, you know, I'll run a couple times and like, this is stupid. I'm not going to do it again. Um, but you try something for a week, you know, playing the guitar, learning a language, figuring out how to do Sudoku, like whatever it is. And you don't get very far and you're like, eh, you know, I guess this just isn't for me. And maybe it's just, you haven't su struggled enough, suffered enough to get over the hump to start to see that progress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in, when we talk about, running as a health tool as well. A lot of the things that people associate with exercise are sort of a risk mitigation and not an immediate sort of thing that you're going to feel in your body. I mean, we, we, you know, and I know that you do feel things in your body and in your brain that are beneficial. But the reasons that a lot of people go there is oh, it's a risk of diabetes, it's my cholesterol was high, it's my doctor told me I have high blood pressure and I should exercise, it's, you know, I know that in the future I might not stay healthy if I don't do this now. And that's really different from something where you feel the benefit right away, right? You're saying some future thing might not happen if I do this. <laughs> and finding motivation there is really hard. And so I encourage people when I, when I suggest exercise to them to track things that are more tangible because they may find that if they pay attention they have an easier time noting those immediate benefits. And, you know, even people who take up exercise because they want the longer term sort of metabolic health benefits will probably find benefits sooner if they're looking in the right places. And those are oftentimes things like mood and energy. And sometimes it's things like weight and appearance, which, you know, are not great things for some people to measure, but for other people, they're really motivating. And, you know, to say, what is it that 
is going to feel better and let's like let you pay attention to those things and that doing some tracking is helpful because then you see the benefits and otherwise you might not sort of be aware um, and cultivating that awareness is so, so helpful. And then once you start to see what it's doing for you, then it sort of takes care of itself, right? And, and runners who become runners, right, instead of runners who run for two weeks and say, screw it, this isn't for me, I think get um, really used to those benefits. Yeah, well, and, and, and again, I mean, you can, you can apply this to, to a whole host of, of areas, but it's, you know, anytime that there's there's – minimal progress but incremental progress like we don't notice it in the day-to-day you know i mean it's it's and in, in, again i mean you could take it out of the, the context but like you know your 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 friend from high school's kid that you saw when when at their baptism um and then you don't see him again for for four years and like you know that you're four years older you know that you're at this point in your life and your kids are four years older but then you go back to the high school reunion or you go back to this thing or that you get together and you go, well, they, how did, like, last time I saw your kid, it was, you know, it was in my arms. And now, now they're, they're running around doing this and that and the other. Um, because it, because it was so far removed, it, it doesn't even seem like it could be the same person. Same thing with us, you know, like, like, you know, when I started running, whatever the first, the first time in high school to get ready for, for a real sport, you know, get ready for hockey seasons. I'm going to run a little bit. So I'm in better shape for, for playing this real sport coming up. Like it was terrible. I hated it, but like there was a means to the end. Um, but if I look back at it now, it's like, like, I don't even recognize myself as that same person, but you know, it's been 22 years and like day to day, like there's been all these changes. Um, and so I don't know, maybe that's a terrible example. And I just muddied the water of, of what you said, but, but I just think that, that, yeah, like, like taking note, somehow documenting, whether it's written, whether it's photos, whether it's whatever, um, can really provide that perspective of, of how much progress you make, even if objectively it to your subjectively, I guess. It, made, it maybe doesn't feel like you've made that much progress. Yeah. And, you know, I think that a lot of the progress that we do make is in these little tiny changes that we make in our lives, right? It's these stupid little things that we think aren't going to make a difference. And they do, right? <laughs> and it's like, gosh darn it. I was convinced that, you know, if I went to bed, you know, 10 minutes earlier, it wasn't going to make any difference. And then I do it for a week and I feel better. And then I add 10 minutes and I feel better. And I wish that it didn't make that difference because then I wouldn't have to do it. But boy, when I actually track it and I see that it helps me, um, yeah, those, those little tiny things. And it's like the things that you don't see day to day. So, you know, you talk about the, the little kid who looks the same, you know, on Monday as they look on Tuesday, but all of a sudden in a few years, they look a completely different person, right? And, it, and that happens with us as well um, in little, little changes that happen slowly, right? And we won't notice them if we don't pay attention. Yeah, paying, paying attention is kind of a, a big piece of the puzzle on on just about probably every every aspect of, of life if you if you're just in too much an autopilot things you know to borrow from from ferris bueller you know if you don't stop to smell the roses like life life will pass you by pretty quickly is something something close to what uh what ferris said there in, in that, the classic ferris bueller movie um but uh you know kind of shifting gears slightly although I, I feel like we're on on this trajectory so maybe it's not much of a gear shift at all uh for you zab but but you know kind of transitioning into more of the the integrative health coaching that, that you're doing now um what kind of was it pandemic that brought about that change or what kind of what kind of led you to to maybe shift the the career trajectory a little bit yeah i think i was sort of on that slow the slow boat towards 
a more integrative approach anyway. And then the pandemic just threw me overboard. <laughs> um, so I still work in primary care as a nurse practitioner part-time. And then the rest of my time, I do integrative health coaching, which is focused on helping people to um, create healthier routines and habits in their life that serve their overall health needs and, and values. Values and you know working in the healthcare system within the healthcare system itself. You know everybody who's had a doctor's visit knows they can be really rushed. They can be really unsatisfying. You can get in there and sort of almost feel too intimidated to ask your health questions, and then they've got their hand on the doorknob before you got to the reason that you get there. And it feels lousy as a patient in that situation. And honestly, it feels lousy as a health practitioner too, right? It's like, I want to be doing something different than that. I want to be doing more than that. And here, you know, I was giving out that advice, like, yeah, you need to be doing more exercise. You need to be adjusting some things in your diet. Um, you know, come back in six, six months. <laughs> Bye. Um, and I know that there's more than that, that I could do, but I couldn't do it inside of the way that I was working in the system that I was working in. And I, and I frankly didn't have the skills, right? So it, you're a coach, a running coach, and you know, I'm a coach too. And so you recognize coaching is a skill, right? It's not just knowing the knowledge of like, well, here's how to construct a training plan, right? It's also how to talk to a person and listen to a person and help somebody to implement the knowledge that they have and figure out how to put that into their own life and figure out why they want to do it. And, you know, it's like, we don't tell people like, all right, I'm your motivator. And the reason that you hired me is to tell you what to do. And, you know, that doesn't really help people. It's, it's learning to um, not install that motivation in people, but to really cultivate it internally and draw it out and figure out, you know, what is it that you're after and how can we use the tools that we have, whether it's, you know, around the specifics of a training plan or whether it's, you know, in, in my case, I do things really um, including that exercise and running piece, but also more broadly, maybe they need to focus on sleep. Maybe it's a question about stress management techniques. Maybe there's nutrition questions. Maybe there's something in the environment that they need to address and really figuring out what are those pieces that are standing between a person and, and where they want their health to go. And sometimes that comes because there's a health problem, right? They got some news on, you know, they got their labs back from their primary care provider who said, come back in six months, as I've said to people myself in that situation. And then they say, well, now what? Right? Or maybe it's something else. Maybe it's somebody who just says, like, I know I can do better, feel better, and I don't know exactly how to do it. Or sometimes it's people who are already sort of established as runners and sort of everyday athletes who say, I am struggling with you know, I'm, I'm getting injured or I'm just not feeling awesome or I want that PR and for some reason I'm doing all of the runs but I'm not getting there. Like what's going on here or I'm sore all the time or, you know, like me, for instance, I am turning 40 this year and I said, I do not believe that my best runs are behind me. What can I do? Um, and it takes 
coaching, I think, in all of those situations to really bring people to the best place they can be. Yeah. And, and I feel like I've, I've said this before, and I, I feel like this is maybe one of those, one of the, frankly, many areas where we might be singing from the same hymnal, but it's, it's um, so often as runners, like we look at, at running as kind of this isolated thing or this siloed thing. Like if I, if I do the work, if I, if I log the miles and do the speed workouts and, and whatever, but like, like a, here's this formula. If I follow it, I'm going to, you know, A to B to C to, to my running goals and, and improve. And, and, and whatever improvement looks like for you. And, and to a certain extent, yes. But at the same time, um, you know, and, and maybe, again, this kind of lines in really with, with the integrative approach that, that you follow. Like, your running isn't just a silo. Like, there are all of the little things. There's all the other life factors. There's, there's the work stress and the family stress and, and sleep and, and all of the other things that are, are components of overall health that – you can you can follow your training plan to the letter, and it can be the best, most you know, perfectly designed and well tuned and structured plan to each individual person. Um, but if you're neglecting all of the other little things or all the all the other components of of overall health, um, you either won't improve, or there's a, there's a cap to how much you're like hamstringing yourself in terms of how much you can grow in the sport by not ticking all of the other boxes. And I don't know where the question is in there, other than. Um, you know, maybe, maybe in, again, from, from your perspective, how do you help people, whether it's people you're coaching, people that you just know that, that you're running with, whatever the case might be to, to come around to, to going, yes, my training matters, but also so does all this other stuff is maybe, maybe more important, but at least equally important to helping me achieve my running goals. Yeah. So, so two things there. One is that the, the reason that most of us are running and to get clear about that, because, I, you know, I think that for you and me and probably the runners that both of us work with, we don't have Olympians. We don't have elites. We aren't right. None of us is going to set a world record. And that's not why we got into the sport. Right. For, for me. Um, you know, just to take myself as an example, and I think I'm not atypical, I got into running because it made me feel better, right? It was for my mental health, it was for my physical health, it was, you know, those kinds of reasons. And I think that's true of a lot of runners. And so looking at that and saying, well, if that's my goal, right, then how should I be approaching training? And is, did I somehow get confused and went from, my my goal was to improve my overall health and feel better to my goal was to take 40 seconds off my marathon time. <laughs> and so I think something that coaching can really help with is to sort of clarify what are those underlying values that you're going for. And then to say that it's not just going to be run training that's going to get me those things that I'm actually looking for, right? That's one of the tools, right? But it's not the only one. And then the other piece that I think is really important is that if you are interested in improving performance, and people who come to coaching typically are, right? That's one of the main reasons that they do, that improving your overall health will improve your performance. It will. And if you are willing to invest your time and energy in pieces of health that will feed into making your running better. Um, you know, I think that takes a leap of faith, but it's extremely effective. And I think that people underestimate, for instance, the role of sleep 
and the role of nutrition and the role of stress management um, in in improving running specifically. And so it's it's both things. It's let's look at your running for the reasons that you're doing it, and then let's also look at improving your running through these other pieces. And those are both, I think, powerful if you can wrap your brain around it. Yeah. And, and I think that especially for the second set there of, of, you know, figuring out diet and recovery and sleep and all those, those, you know, what I call the little things that, that certainly aren't, aren't little at all. Um, one of my frustrations, and, and I, if, if you have an answer for this, then, then you know, let's, let's queue up the Nobel committee. Uh, Cause I, I feel like this would be another, another one of those, those topics where uh, an answer would be great, but it's like, like every time, it seems like at least every time I feel like maybe I've got things sorted and figured out and like, yep, I'm getting enough sleep and I'm taking care of this and stress and blah, 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 blah. Like it's a moving target. Something changes, you know, whether it's, it's a physical change, whether it's a location change, a life change, you, you get older, you, 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 this phase of life that like, like just when you, you know, it's, it's, it's pushing, it's the Sisyphus pushing the rock up the hill. Just when you think you got it and you can, you can relax for a second, something changes and then you're back to, to square one, trying to, to get it all sorted again. And, and, um, you know, as frustrating as that can be, um, I, I, I feel like I've learned that you have to keep trying, right? Like just, you, just because you thought you had it, you, the house of cards was built or maybe not the house of cards, but you had, you had it built and now it's collapsed. Well, now we gotta, we gotta restart because, because it is that important for me to be able to keep running and, and keep being healthy and hopefully, you know, knock on wood, being able to do this for another 40, 50, 60, well, 60 years would put me at a hundred, which I guess maybe, yeah, that'd be awesome. Oh, you got it. Um, <laughs> but, but, but whatever, like, like, I don't want to just be able to do this for another five years, like, and be healthy for five years. Like, like I'm looking long term. Um, and so I guess maybe somewhere in there that the struggle, the struggle of figuring out all the other pieces has to be worth it. And maybe that's where you connect back to your why, you know, why are you doing this? Because I want to do this for, I want to be healthy and active for as long as possible. Yeah. And there's no sort of, you're never going to arrive at, well, I've got every piece dialed in and I, you know, this one is here and this one's here and this is what I need to do for this. And then it's going to stay that way for the rest of my life. Because you're absolutely right. Things change, right? Your circumstances will change. Your job will change. You move, you get older, your body changes, your family changes. And so you have to change your behaviors too, when those things change. And, you know, you can't, do it once, figure it out, and do it forever. Um, it requires, I think, sort of paying attention. Again, here we come back to that. <laughs> I said that earlier. And you have to, I think, be kind to yourself and curious with yourself about what you need at any particular time. And I always encourage people to sort of do a self-study every six months or so and say, what am I doing that's working? And what am I doing that's not working? And what might be something that I could adjust that would help me? And I think for some people that's hard because it requires you to say something I'm doing is probably not the best and I might have to change something. And that's where the kindness and curiosity I think are, are really those important skills to cultivate. Because it is, it's hard to say, oh, I'm not, maybe I'm not already doing the best thing. And especially, I think a lot of runners tend to be sort of type A perfectionist type people. And we don't want to hear, you know, this thing that I'm doing is maybe not serving me, right? We want to be doing, oh, no, I'm doing everything perfectly. <laughs> um, and, and you may have been doing it perfectly. And the you who it was perfect for 
is no longer the you that you are today. And so just sort of building that type of self-study and self-awareness into your life. And, you know, maybe you do it around your birthday every year, or maybe you say, well, you know, so, so for me, my birthday is in April, so we're coming. So maybe I would do it in April and I would do it in October, six months later and say, how am I doing with this? And what do I need to adjust or change? And when you make that sort of a standard thing that you do, then it becomes less of a wait till you're in a crisis, right? And it becomes a, can I adjust as I go? Which I think that's, that's a perfect maybe illustration of preventing it or not waiting until it's in a crisis because like, like as, as runners, you know, and, and I am, I am as guilty of this as anybody, but it's like, you know, how many times have I talked about foam rolling or stretching or, or again, some of those little things that, that, um, are helpful, but it's, they're easy to, to put off or they're easy to go, ah, you know, I just don't have time today. Uh, pretty soon, you know, you haven't had time for two months and then you start to have that, that little niggle that starts to creep up and, and all of a sudden you start to find time, um, you know, which is, which is maybe not a crisis, but we're starting to get there, especially for runners. If, 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 you know, all of a sudden you're staring down the barrel of maybe I can't run for six weeks because, you know, I've let this thing turn into something worse. Um, you know, staying, staying on top of things with a, with, you know, and I'm, I'm Mr. Routine, but like, you know, if, if you, if you can schedule it every, every six months or put that reminder in your calendar or again, you know, schedule around your birthday. So just do that little self audit. How are things going? What, what knob can I twist? Maybe not try to twist too many knobs. Cause then you don't know what the, what has made the change or what's not, but, but just kind of making that again, back to your point, a regular part of the routine of life, um, gives you a better chance of, of not getting behind the eight ball to where drastic change is required. Yeah. And, you know, you would talk about those little niggles that turn into injuries. And then, you know, one of the things that I like to have people do is keep a a detailed, more um, holistic training log that's not just what their miles were that day and how their workout felt, but other stuff that's going on in their life. Um, you know, how was your nutrition that day? How many hours of sleep did you get that day? Did you do your mobility practice? And then just how did you feel this week in general? Just like a couple of broader notes and keep those because when you come up with an injury, right, and you're like, oh, this came out of the blue. And then we go back and we look at, you know, your three prior months of training. It almost never came out of the blue unless you like stepped off a curb and sprained your ankle, you know. Um, And then we've got that data and then you can sort of see like, oh, well, I did, you know, have a big work project go on and I shorted myself on sleep a bunch of nights because of that. And I came right in from my runs and ran directly into the shower and I didn't stop to do any foam rolling. And, you know, and then you start to see those pieces come together. And as much as I hate to say it, sometimes going through that cycle once and like having something bad happen and then going back and seeing, you know, what were you doing before that that led into that is, um, is instructive. And sometimes if you do that once, you are then able to make bigger changes. And I know that's something, you know, that, that I've been through myself and to say like, well, I thought I was doing the right stuff. And then I go back and I actually look at my, at my logs and I was like, well, okay. I was a little bit lax on that. And that gives you the explanation of, you know, where did this come from? It came from somewhere. Right. It didn't come out of the blue. Right. Yeah. And, 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 Again, making myself as guilty as, as anybody here, I'm, I'm pretty good at lying to myself about things sometimes, especially when I'm looking at a broader scope of, oh, yeah, the last six months, like I've been I've been locked in and I've been pretty consistent with everything. But 
but if I'm honest and especially if I'm paying attention day to day and then reflect back on it, it's it very well. Like I might, I might feel like I've been consistent for the last six months on taking care of things and sleeping enough and, and yada, yada, yada. But then it's like, I look back at, at some, you know, if I, if I kept better notes, I could look back at them and be like, Oh yeah, there was, there was this period where for three weeks things were a little bit crazy or, or whatever, you know, whatever the case might be. And, and, you know, it, it's a little bit easier to take that, that, um, rose colored glasses, maybe off it, see it for what it is. And then to your point, now that you're aware of it and, and maybe able to see that X, Y, and Z helped, helped to contribute to this injury or this issue, maybe it's a little bit easier to stay on, on course and, and not, you know, maybe, maybe sacrifice a half a mile of your run or a mile of your run to make sure you have time to do the mobility work before you jump in the shower and get on with your day, because that might be the key to stay in healthy and consistent for six months instead of for six weeks until you break down. And then you got to rinse and repeat that, that injury cycle potentially over and over again. Yeah. That's a great example too. I tell people that a lot, like you could steal those few minutes from your run. No runner wants to do that, right? <laughs> Nobody wants to do that. Um, but if you know that you need the mobility and you're not doing it, you have to find a place to put it. And, you know, I think that's where coaching is really helpful for a lot of people is, you know, you'll say like, oh, I don't have time to do that. And maybe your coach says to you, okay, well, it's more important that you do that than that you run that extra five minutes. So that's what you need to do. Sometimes just hearing that from another human who knows things is helpful. And then I think also for, for people, you know, we, we can know that, that something is important intellectually. Like, yes, we know the evidence suggests that you need to do this, right, scientifically speaking. And for some reason, we think it doesn't apply to us. Uh, and we, so, we are always the exception to every single rule. Like, yeah. I am the exception to every rule that's ever been written. Yeah, exactly. And so keeping those kinds of logs and notes is a source of data for us. And so, you know, for, for people who like to believe like, yeah, data matters and it matters for other people, right? It matters in the aggregate. And if you keep notes on yourself and you treat yourself that way and you look what happens when you do X, Y, or Z behavior in yourself, and then you can sort of look back at that, um, that can be really useful, right? Yeah. Especially for people who, who do like to look at the evidence. Well, and, and I know we're getting getting close to, to wrapping up here, Zab, but, but that's, that's a big key big key piece of the puzzle right there too is collecting the data yes but then also reflecting back on it and and you know data that you don't look back at and and potentially learn from and and you know look for patterns and look for for whatever lessons might come from it um is about as useful as not collecting the data to begin with because you know if you have it and don't use it well then you know there's nothing to be gained i guess is is uh, so so that reflection part is is a key piece of the puzzle too yeah. And I think it comes back to curiosity, right? So also, you know, I'm a scientist and when you're doing a study, you go in with a hypothesis, but you let the data show you, you know, what's there and you could design a study in such a way to confirm the things that you already believe, or you could design a study in such a way to show you what's there. And if you do that with yourself and you let it show you what's there, you will probably find things that you didn't um, bring in with you as sort of a preconceived notion. And that's where you're going to make the breakthroughs, right? You're not going to make the breakthroughs by like hammering on the things that you already know and do, you know, you're going to make it by saying like, Oh, what happens if I do something different? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So 
I, I could keep going, but uh, at some point we're going to have to wrap this up. And I guess I guess we're about at that point, but I'm not going to, of course, let you out here without a, a philosophical question. So um, as as we are wrapping up today, Zab, I'm just just curious. Um, I don't know which which one do I want to ask? Why, why do you run? We'll go with that one. You know, at, at this point, um, you know, kind of running your first ultra, looking forward to some more more time out in the woods running ultras. Uh, with with running, getting through some stressful parts of life in terms of schooling and professionally and, and things like that. Um, at this point, at the, at the start of 2023, why is why is running still such an important piece of your your day to day, week to week life and routine? You know, it's a philosophical question, but it's going to be a really straightforward answer, which is just that it's fun. Mm. I have my best times out there running and it's something that I look forward to every day. And it's, you know, if, if you know running, you know that every run isn't fun, but when you zoom out a little bit, if I think about like losing running in my life, like I would be losing my main source of, of fun, of community, of, um, the, the being outside, just all of those things that bring me joy and it's joyful, isn't it? Like, don't you just have a great time? I know I do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. As, as uh, I'm sure lots of folks can, can relate to that and, and are nodding along, you know, and, and, and maybe this is, the, I don't usually try to put a bow on things, but maybe this is, this is the bow of, of, you know, integrative, integrative health, integrative, you know, kind of looking at, at health from different, different angles, like making time for fun, kind of a good thing. And, and if fun can be also exercise and can be community and, and can be all the things that running can provide, but Oh, by the way, it's also fun. Like not a bad way to spend, you know, a few hours a week or you know, a couple hours on the weekend or, or whatever your, your running routine might happen to be. Yeah. I love that. You know, when I, when I first work with somebody in my coaching practice, one of the questions I ask them is tell me about your best athletic day ever. And people just light up, right? They get these these sort of flooded with these memories of it's it's being with people, it's doing nutty things, it's like, you know, they did a 24-hour relay race and they were driving around in a smelly van with 11 friends and it was, you know, and everything hurt and it was the best. And, you know, I just, I feel that joy come from other people and I feel it in myself too. And just having our sport that we love to anchor that and share it is just, it's the best. Yeah, it, it really is. And y'all, if you enjoyed today's conversation and want to connect with, with uh, Zab a little bit more, uh, flowerpower.health is the website. And again, at flowerpower.health on Instagram, flowerpowerhealth on Facebook. But if you just search for flowerpower health, either place you will find her. Uh, disruns.com slash 1124 will get you back to the show notes where we will have links to make it real easy for you to connect with Zab. And uh, Zab, you know, it, it, this was fun. I don't want to say this in the wrong way. Almost as much fun as going for a good run. But, you know, I mean, a good run maybe maybe ticks a couple other extra boxes as well. But um, keep having fun. Keep getting out there. Keep enjoying enjoying the miles and enjoying all the benefits that running brings with you. Um, and, and maybe somewhere down the line we can do do a run in, in person together and, and experience the fun that way. But I uh, appreciate the time today, and I certainly wish you nothing but the best going forward. You too. Been so much fun. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Zab and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your uh, takeaway du jour du jour? Uh, for me, it, it kind of comes down to to paying attention to to some of the details, maybe even to writing writing some things down. 
we, we talked a couple times kind of about various aspects and, and especially when it comes to, to progress and not recognizing maybe the day-to-day progress, sometimes even the, the week-to-week progress, because it's, it's very incremental. It's very hard to notice, you know, that, that you're quote unquote better, however you're defining better, but that maybe you're better from yesterday to today, or maybe from last week to this week. But you know, if, if you, if you're paying attention to, to maybe some details and especially if you're writing down, you know, keeping some type of journal, whether it's Strava, whether it's notes on your, on, on your, your device, whatever apps you use, maybe you have a, a, you know, maybe you're old school and you actually write things down and have like an old school, uh, like written running journal. Um, but if you, if you write down, you know, progress reports, maybe how you're feeling, things like that, and then reflect upon them. Uh, sometimes that makes, that makes the, the progress that you've made, the changes that you've made so apparent yet day to day, week to week, uh, it's really hard, especially, you know, as, as that day to day continues to revolve and one day is the next and the next and the next, uh, it's, it's really hard to notice that you've made a lot of progress. Maybe it's, it's hard to, to appreciate you know, the, the benefits, the, the improvement that you're seeing from your consistency, from your training, from, from the miles that you've logged and And, you know, we, we all know that we're relatively instant gratification creatures. I, I know I am maybe, maybe you're not, but I know I am. Um, and running is, is not an instant gratification thing, right? Like it, it takes some time. It takes, it takes years sometimes, oftentimes to really, you know, reach some of the big goals that we have. And it's easy to get discouraged it's easy to think that maybe maybe i can't do it even though it's it's quite possible maybe even quite probable that you've made massive progress but if you don't ever look back if you're not paying attention to those little little signs of the progress that you're making um you can miss it and then you feel discouraged then you give up or you try something different you you bail out on this style of training or this goal or you chase something new um and that's not ideal not that that's a bad thing to change your mind of course but if you're paying attention to the progress that you're making, that, that might be that extra little bit of encouragement to, to stay the course, keep going, because uh, maybe you're, you're closer than you think. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading a whole bunch into, into the conversation today, but that was, that was my takeaway of paying attention to, to the details, those little signs of progress that uh, maybe are more apparent than sometimes, at least I think, that they are. So what about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? If you're willing to share it, I would love to hear it. At Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram. You can also send an email to Dizruns at gmail.com. And of course, you can head over to the show notes for today, which you can get to at Dizruns.com slash 1124, Dizruns.com slash 1124. Past the, the photos, past the links, past all the things is that comment section. Feel free to type away, share away what stood out to you from today in the comment section. One last call for the, cons- for the consult call. One last reminder for the consult call. If you need one, it, it, it's it's hopefully going to be time well spent, maybe even dollars well spent. But if you got a free one, cash it in. If you need to get one, disruns.com slash consultation is the link. Uh, let's get on the phone, talk 20, 30 minutes, something like that. Give you some clarity, give you some some idea of where to go, and then it's up to you to, to get it done. And hopefully uh, one call is all it takes. If you want to use multiple calls over the course of a period of, of time, maybe a training cycle, whatever, that works. That's that's not unheard of. We've done that with a few folks in the past. Uh, every every month, every six weeks, we jump on the on the phone. Here's what's here's what, what I've what I've done. What do you think? How am I doing? Should I try this? I got this thing going on, and we kind of just help work through it. So that's always an option if you want it as well. But once again, disruns.com/slash/consultation is the link. Feel free to get on my calendar, and I will give you a call or send you a Skype link, and uh, we'll work it through 
when it's whenever you whenever you need it whenever you need it so that's that for today uh thanks for listening y'all thanks for the time thanks for the attention thanks for taking zab and i with you and uh, if you enjoyed this episode maybe hit that share button always appreciate when you do that until next time y'all be well take good care thanks again for listening and uh we'll talk soon right later